and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to a special edition of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing this fine weekend? Jeff, it has been about 15 to 16 hours since uh, the pay-per-view ended, and I gotta say, my gear is still pretty full. Oh, <laughs> well, Good morning. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah. So, uh, by the way, I, as we're recording this, our uh, respective NFL teams are currently in now in a sixteen sixteen tie. Uh, as we Look, into- you keep trying to saddle the Lions on me because I am from that area, but they are in no uh, uncertain terms my team. I do not claim them, and uh, I will not claim them. Are, They're are, bad, folks. Are, are you sure? Oh, I'm very sure. Yes, uh, the Lions have brought me nothing but pain. Uh, torture and uh, sadness, really, just anguish, really, for my entire life. I gave up on really considering myself a fan of them. Uh, I would say around six or seven years ago, and it's been bliss ever since. Okay, uh, it's, it's really enhanced my experience as a fan and as a person. Jeff, you know, as a person, uh, honestly, I, I I have been like out of. I mean, I don't really watch the NFL anymore, but I still do. Yes, want to want the Steelers to do well. You know, I just you know. I've I don't want the Lions well. to do well. I want the Lions only to suffer the way I've suffered. <laughs> I want no good to come of them, and nothing good will come uh, for them as long as the Fords own that team. So uh, we're in it for the long haul, folks. Strap in. The Lions will always be bad. You can mark that in the podcast. I know I'm wrong about a lot of shit on this podcast, uh, but we talk. But there, there are three guys I'm right about and one football team. That's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the Steelers may end up giving you a free win today. So, you know, we get you off. And that's it. unfortunate, too, because, like, at least let them have an 0-17 season out of it. Like, we can't even lose properly. They cover spreads when they're not supposed to. They win when they're supposed to lose and lose when they're supposed to win. So, wait a minute. They actually did add another game to the, se- to the schedule then. Yeah, it's a 17-game season now, yes. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I love that you're learning that here. Oh Lord! See, like I said, this is why. Yeah, I don't pay as much attention to the NFL as I used to. Uh, yeah, before- I, I'm getting back, at, lightly getting back into fantasy football after a few years away from it. Uh, which I'm not a huge proponent of fantasy football. I'll be honest, and no, like I'm even not, though I, I don't play it, so yeah, yeah, I, and I'm doing it with some friends, but uh, I wouldn't like advocate like if you don't play fantasy football, I like wouldn't advocate getting into it or anything like that. But it does. There, there are some positives to it, and it does kind of help you keep track of maybe players and teams you wouldn't have. 
uh, and you know helps you maybe look at the game like through a sort of numbers perspective, the way you don't look at it through just viewing it differently. So uh, th- there are some positives to it, but ultimately all it does is really stress you out every Sunday and just make everything worse. Uh, before we begin this show in earnest, I'd just like to shout out to uh, one particular person on Twitter named Amaresh, who decided to drop into my mentions last night. Why do you do this? Why do you name these people? Because <laughs> I want to shame them, mostly. It's just an anonymous loser. Go jack off, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I really do appreciate that you act as my wingman sometimes on... Uh, That's what I do. We're in this together. But no, you if you're going to, like, I mean, yeah, if you're going to tweet mean stuff at us, just expect me to, to ridicule you or just, like, say stupid stuff or make mom jokes. Like, I'll never engage... Like, if you're coming in to, like, talk shit or, like, be negative, uh, I will never engage you in good faith. I just won't. I'll just say stupid shit until you stop. Yeah. That's and, and, really and, all that's going to happen. And I'll have you know, Mr. Paul, that at your behest, the, the, there have been occasions where I have bitten my tongue about certain folk online because it, it, and I'm trying to exercise that uh, that same sort of self-control now because there's really is somebody I want to bury on this pod but you know what the problem is is that this person would get off on the on the attention yeah no we don't do that here and yeah we, we talked about this off pod quite a bit and I get that but that's all that is is feeding the beast Jeff and there are yeah probably a few people that we could have talked about on this podcast that would be cathartic for us like a little bit, but ultimately we would just be doing what those losers would want. And uh, I'm not really in the business of doing what anybody wants, Jeff. I'm a kind of a defiant prick of a person in general. So I'm not going to give them that satisfaction. And I wouldn't give a lot of other people that satisfaction. Fuck yeah. off. But I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, th- sometimes we have been known to do this, though, because sometimes I think we need to. Like it, it behooves us to do so. But like, you when, know, just when it when I think when it's important or when we can actually do something here that like uh, uh, has a conversation or is productive for others. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, if, if we're just making fun of somebody or just talking shit, I'll just do that on Twitter. And, you know, <laughs> it brought me to this dance. It got me this far. So we'll just keep going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so about a, a, a Twitter thread that you kind of started last night is going to get brought up later in this program. I'm just, I just okay. give you a sneak preview and you don't even know what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to drop this on you. Oh. I want your live reaction to when I, I bring this up. Good tease. Let's do it. Let's get, let's, let's get into it. We have a lot to do. Yeah, we are... uh, this was a big, uh, you know, this was a big show and Paul White wasn't even there. Yeah, and uh, of course, so we are here to discuss uh, Full Gear 2021 last night, uh, live from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where there was also the night before um, AEW Rampage. And I got to say, that Rampage, actually, they maybe could have done without that Rampage, honestly. Like, I don't think that actually added anything. Huh. So this is that's interesting that you say that, um, because actually on Friday on Wrestling Brain Rampage at Twitch TV slash Wrestling Brain, me and Nick East sort of had a conversation about this, Jeff. And uh, this is interesting because I wanted to get your thoughts. So the show, yeah, it's sort of felt a little self-contained, but also it did a couple things that if you did tune in, it really, I think, enhanced the stuff. So, like, they had that moment with Hangman Page and with the Young Bucks, which did really come into play yes, in the main okay, event. Yes, okay, so that, that I would see. That was, a, that was a, a good, important bit that happened in the show. But I thought what was that. successful about Rampage is what they did do is they did, list, like, we hey, we have the venue, we have the space, we have the time, we have the show every Friday night. Uh, 
most of our narratives have been told we don't need to do a lot more. So what do we do? Let's give the hometown crowd like something for them. So they had a match that was specifically for them. Uh, you know, it felt like kind of like a up jumped house show, but like in a good way, I thought it was fun. I thought yeah, it was it a was fun just, show. Yeah, it, it was a fun show. It just seemed like, you know, as, as far as, you know, building to the narrative of full gear, they, I mean, you could have taken that away and just stayed with, you know, the dynamite from Wednesday and well, that, that was the point been... of it, right? Like Dynamite was the was the go home show proper, and Rampage was sort of like a little extra, a little sprinkle on top for you. Did you need to watch it? No, but you were rewarded if you did, and I think I that's mean, good. Like, that's I like mean, a good lane for a Friday night 10 p.m. show on a pay per view week. I mean, and you know, Arya Daivari versus uh, Dante Martin—that was a fun match. I mean, yeah, it was. Arya Daivari turned a lot of heads. I think some people were starting to forget about Arya Daivari. Uh, it's been a while since he's been up on national TV and uh, looked really good. Even my girlfriend, you know, who only watches AEW with me, like very narrow wrestling context, was like, "I like this guy." Yeah, like I, I think he's like a head turner. And, and Jungle Boy versus Bobby Fish—that was okay. You know, that 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 was all right. I mean, that that had some storylining in it but you know overall um i mean yeah i i think it, it, that that was like optional viewing i mean it was good if you watch it but if you're just you know purely on storyline uh lines it wasn't necessary viewing yeah and that's that you know what fine i'm totally fine with that on a pay-per-view week i think that's like uh if you're if you're doing that or if you're you know kind of being like their uh, primary competitor and trying to make every bit of their content appointment viewing, it kind of exhausts the audience. And I think what's cool about uh, AEW a lot of times is they don't ask too much of their audiences. And if, as long as that keeps up, I think that's where you can generate a lot of the, the natural enthusiasm that the crowds and that their uh, audience gets even online. Yeah. Cause I mean, like you said, I mean, like we just said, really everything was sorted on dynamite and you could argue that a lot of it was sorted on the dynamite the week before. Yeah. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. You're right. Yeah. So it, it, it is interesting, but with that being said, uh, we are here full gear 2021, uh, live from the target center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur. Uh, we have the buy-in match pre-show, which was shown live on YouTube, uh, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa in matching gear. I might add, uh, so, so yeah, Thunder more. Rosa has done a really good job making sure she brings the gear that matches her partners lately. She did this with uh, uh, Ty J as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, versus Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter. This was a uh, prelude match for their respective TBS uh, tournament title matches. Um, Serena Deeb shown in the crowd, you know, scowling a lot at. At, uh, she's really good at scowling and looking uh, like she is mad that everybody else around her even exists. Yes. Um, now, I didn't have too many notes from this match. This was just kind of a warm-up tag match. But once again, we got the Thunder Rosa crossbody onto Jamie Hayter to the floor. And holy shit. Yeah, there's something about specifically those two doing that spot that just looks incredible. They were like, I think they just saw the tape of it once and were like, hey, let's fucking do that again. Uh, I think I tweeted about this. Jamie Hayter like takes these flat back bumps, I think, better than almost anyone on the roster at this point. Like, it, she really like looks great uh, uh, to taking these spots. I mean, it's a shame that she's she settled as like, you know, a, 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 an enforcer to Britt Baker role because she could break out on her own at any time. 
Well, I think that's the that's the goal here. Like the goal of doing these things is always to like elevate, you know, the people around them coming out of it. Like Rebel was, you know, always what she was. You know, she's at the uh, other side of her career, right? So you don't like really need to build her up or anything. She's, you know, pure heater. But I think that bringing in Jamie Hader here is because I eventually you show her as starting to think she can take Brit's crown. I think that's what she's there for. And this is like a slowly tell, told story. So once we get there, it's going to be very satisfying. But I, I'm glad they're bringing her along slowly. This division's uh, pretty stacked. And uh, we got a lot going on at the top right now. Uh, Hikaru Shida does get the win over Nyla Rose with a jackknife pin. And uh, yeah, and again, that was a lot of great. good Vicky Guerrero in this one. You could hear her a ton. Uh, yeah, th- 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 there's a bit of a Guerrero thread going through this show because of course uh yesterday was the 16th anniversary of eddie guerrero's death in minneapolis as it turns out yeah crazy crazy it's been that long man Uh, but you know there was a there were a ton of uh of eddie guerrero tributes and i'll actually bring that up again later we'll talk when we're gonna talk about something yeah this is gonna we're gonna talk about that a lot i'm sure (laughs) this is gonna be a thread that runs through the show but uh so then we get uh, Jim Ross coming out, and then we get our uh, our first match proper. But before that, we had uh, Orange Cassidy saying that even though you know the the feud between Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy was supposed to be resolved uh, on Rampage in that lumberjack match, um, uh, Tony Khan made it so that Orange Cassidy and a mystery partner uh, will face off against uh, the Butcher and the Blade on dynamite and uh, orange Cassie said that, you know, uh, the rest of the best friends are working hard so they can have the night off. And, uh, maybe he'll just bring his dog, you know, and bring one of my dogs. Chaos. So, uh, a very subtle hint as to who that could be. Yeah. Woof, woof. I, I wonder who, 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 I wonder who, I wonder who. Yeah. Uh, we and we'll get to now? that because they make that official. <laughs> yeah. They made it official later in the show. It's Ishii. Yeah. Tomohiro Ishii makes his AEW. The, the new, the new record-holding never-open-weight champion, as it turns out, he, in his record sixth reign as champion as of last night, as it turns out. One so, of the funniest named titles ever, the never-champion. There is a a, a a thread about that, because I was supposed... The, the never... I, I explained this on the on the blog, on, on my New Japan blog, strongstylestory.tumblr.com. Uh, actually, a mere hour ago from when we recorded this, I posted this. Um... But yeah, the, the Never Division was supposed to be like there. Never stands for something. Uh, hey, let me see if I can. Yeah, yeah. Bring up what it actually. Yeah, I can't for. remember off the top what it stands for. Yeah, it does, it's it's just something very. It, it stands for New Blood, Evolution, Valiantly, Eternal, and Radical. And it was that's a fucking to... Hideo Kojima acronym. I, I Bullshit. Know, I don't know. That's Metal Gear. Ass. That's a Metal Gear ass acronym. But yeah, it was supposed to be like their. It, it was supposed to be like their their little sub brand for you know up and counting talents and outside wrestlers coming in and right. Yeah, and so the it, it, so somehow it it went from being like the the young guys title to like being the older guys who like to still just stiff the shit out of each other's title. You know, because that's a fun title. I mean, well, who better to hold that title than Tomohiro Ishii? Right, know? because it was guys like Ishii, and I mean, the first champion, of course, was Masato Tanaka. Uh, but you know, the the, the champions who've held this, you know, that 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 quote unquote defined the belt were like Ishii, Togi Makabe, and Kasuyori Shibata. You know, and, mm-hmm. and Goto. So and Hiroki Goto, so it, it it got this reputation, and now because they combined two of the belts into the 
IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Now, this is like the secondary singles title. So, I mean, oh. it's, it's, it's just a weird thing. So I think they, they did this just so they can get the, that belt back to Japan because Jay White's staying in the USA for right now. And maybe, I don't uh, know. Well, anyway. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I guess we'll talk about Jay White later, I'm sure. And uh, on another show. Yeah, will we? Eventually, I, I think we'll be discussing Jay White, yeah. Yeah, we, we might be, yeah. But, um, Feels yeah. inevitable, but we'll see. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, so anyway, uh, we then go to our first match of the evening. Uh, Darby Allen versus MJF. Uh, MJF comes out first. What's with the fucking Billy Robinson tribute gear tonight? <laughs> oh, man, I loved it. God, he looks so good. It's that beautiful lavender color. Uh, yeah, he looked great. This was fantastic gear. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll bring up this point as we get into the match. But, yeah, that was good. Darby does his little Darby thing with his little his little vignette guy or whatever. And he's got his 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 special ring gear is uh, uh, he's got a different coat this time. Yeah, I, I, I'm noticing that I think one of these days we're we're going to get to the point with Darby Allen's uh, video vignettes. They're just going to be straight up snuff movies. Eight millimeter three. Ooh boy. <laughs> eight millimeter rocks. First of all, I mean, I, I'm I'm a big Nicolas Cage guy, but yeah, eight millimeter is a hell of a movie. Um, what did you think of this? Really match? good Chris Bauer performance. I loved this match. I mean, this was Memphis wrestling, and th- I mean MJF has. You know, cut this lane out right where he's like walking the path of Ric Flair uh, to stardom, which I'm really starting to think this, uh, Jeff, is maybe MJF uh, uh, setting the groundwork to become the next Nature Boy. You know, the Nature Boy moniker is something that's been handed down. You know, Ric Flair was not the first Nature Boy. Oh, he was not. I would, I would assume Ric Flair is not going to be the last Nature Boy. Uh, I don't think he was the most recent nature boy. I think there's been other, some other ones too, but I mean, the, the, you know, I, I don't know, maybe. Cause I, I mean, you know, you, you look at the gear, you look at what he, his character shift you look at the way he's wrestling. I mean, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. it, it it's possible. Um, that the, the thing you said, you love this match. This was this was good a good Memphis ish match, but it went way too fucking long. I thought. I disagree. I thought um, oh, no. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I thought the match was really well executed, start to finish. Uh, I don't didn't drag it all for me. I thought it was really well uh, well booked and well paced. Oh no, the they, entire I time thought, throughout. I actually, a bunch of people I talked to. Go ahead. Multiple people I talked to said it was their match of the night. Like this was this went over really well with a lot of folks, and I, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really big moment and a big uh, step in this path for MJF. Uh, this was like a match that he comes out of absolutely elevated uh, as a wrestler and as a character. I mean, I, I'm not saying it was a bad match. I just thought it was too, I just thought it was too long. I, I thought hmm. that they could have shaved 10 minutes off of this. And you know what? This is Ten? not, it was like a 15 minute match. What oh, no, it was not. <laughs> You're talking about cutting a minute. Okay, oh, no, that, okay, let's not. say it's a 20 minute match. You're talking about cutting it in half? Uh, this felt like a 30 minute match, brother. It was not a 30 minute match. Let's go to cage match. Let's see what... 10 minutes? That's like, even then, even if it is 30, you're talking about cutting a third. That's, what are you talking about? Okay, it was okay. It was 21 minutes, 56 seconds. It felt okay. Long, so, it yeah. felt longer than that, man. 
It really 20, felt so you're, mash. You wanted to cut it in half? That's too yeah. much. Well, I, again, you would have said like okay, here are four minutes, maybe, but ten. Okay, you're like okay, maybe four given this time, but it felt like a half hour match. It I really totally did. disagree. Yeah, uh, I don't. I did. I did not feel that way at all. Okay, well, <laughs> I thought it was a really great start to the uh, to the show, and yeah, I thought. I mean, what? Are, I mean, the big thing. I wanted. I was going to say this for later, but since we're talking about it, this show did not feel as long as it was at all to me. Uh, I remember looking at the clock, and it was eleven twenty. I was like, how? How did it become eleven twenty? Yeah, I, I see. That how was the show went on for three hours. I had the opposite effect because I. I, I Towards the end, it was starting to feel every bit of a four-hour show for me. You know, I didn't. And what's weird is I was dead tired yesterday, too. I had only slept for about four hours, and I didn't get, like, any – I didn't get to catch up on any sleep or anything before the show. So I was running on low sleep for the day. I was drinking red wine, and honestly, I was up for it, the whole thing. And I felt great. Well, <laughs> I guess maybe, it was – and maybe, a lot of it, I owed the show's energy and pacing. I thought it was – uh, uh, so well done that way. Well, maybe we just have a different perception here because, like I said, it, 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 to, you know, even by, by the time we got to the main event, it felt every bit of of a four hour show for me. I one hundred percent did not feel that. Okay, well, you know, it, all right, well, this you know is going to be a podcast. Let's go. All right, okay. Uh, MJF, MJF does get the win through, you know, the, the 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 dynamite diamond ring fuckery, of course, because. You know, why would why wouldn't we? Yes, why wouldn't he? And so, you know what? Uh, this is another thing that I liked about this show. Sometimes the most obvious answers are the right ones. Well, apparently, I am like in the minority here. I mean, I guess I, because I'm looking at cage match and it's rated like an eight point seven. It was a very popular match, and I think for good reason. I thought it was a really good match. So well, okay, all right. Sometimes the most obvious answer is the right one, Jeff. And that's the first time that I've ever told you this. And coming out of All Out, which was, you know, a show that was like full of surprises, this show was more about execution. And in the weeks and months leading up to this, that, that was the right call because we've talked about that a whole bunch. Uh, Dynamite and Rampage both. A lot of just really well executed television uh, coming into this point. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, is that the heel eventually has to get his comeuppance. And... You know, so we know that eventually Darby has to get his win back. You know? Yeah, but this is, you know, something we can look at for literally years down the road. This is going to be one of the, you know, uh, foundational feuds of AEW programming for a long time coming. We, we, we think anyway, I mean, because who knows what the future actually will hold. Yeah, I mean, wrestling's obviously very unpredictable, but I would say that, you know, if everything goes according to what their plans are right now, that's got to be the plan. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out, and you know, depending on uh, other things out there in this world. So uh, we then go. We get well. If I mean, if you're talking about the out the outside of the ring stuff, um, it's obviously been proven that that's not going to matter. And uh, AEW proved again that they don't give a shit about that side of things. So if you think he's going to lose his fucking job over any of that, oh, buddy, can I tell you that you're wrong? As a matter of fact, uh, you'll get a job. So (laughs) we'll get to uh, that. Yeah, we will. We will definitely get to that. Uh, we then show, uh, we have a shot of, uh, team Taz sitting up in a skybox, which, uh, okay, cool. I, that's very, st- I, like, I like the way that they kind of Statler and Waldorf did. I wish they would have mic'd them up and like, let us like hear from them a little bit. I hope we get some, like, uh, maybe something on YouTube, uh, like footage of them, like talking shit about the matches or something like that. Team Taz rocks. They're a very fun group. So just give me more of them on screen. Did you see Brian Cage? 
showing his ass again on 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 the internet. This I think no, this I don't week. pay attention to really anything Brian Cage does. I saw people sharing the Melissa Santos yummy penis tweet again, so I figured Brian Cage had stepped in it because every time oh, yeah. he does that tweet comes back. Yeah, he he he. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. <laughs> What, what, once again, somebody who has a very high opinion of himself. Yeah, he does seem to, Brian Cage is a big fan of Brian Cage. And look, you got to be your biggest fan if you want to, you know, be a star, be successful. Uh, but you also have to be as interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like low key in his, in his own way, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should. So you have to like he wants to be Ryback so bad. But Ryback is an, it, like say what you will about Ryback. He's a genuinely interesting guy. Uh, there's just nothing there with Brian Cage. He's fucking boring as shit. He is. And he can't cut a promo for shit either. No. no so no, he can't. But yeah, he's bo- yeah, he's boring. And yeah. And honestly, you know, it, the, the, the weeks he's been absent from AEW TV, nothing has been lost. Yeah. I don't miss him uh, one bit. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, he, he could show up again and whatever. Whatever, man. Just yeah. whatever, man. Whatever, man. So, our second match of the evening, uh, Penta El Cerro Miedo y Rey Phoenix contra FTR uh, for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Did you see that it got announced uh, in Triple Mania, uh, for, in AAA, uh, Triple Mania Regia, on December the 4th, uh, FTR will face the Lucha Bros for the AAA tag team titles. I did see that, and uh, it kind of adds another little wrinkle to this match, because then you start to think, like, and we talked about this when we gave the predictions, and I gave, uh, I reiterated this on Friday night, uh, you know, if the Lucha Brothers were to lose this match, I was going to lose my mind. Uh, but it does add that wrinkle where I think a lot of the prevailing opinion was, yeah, the Lucha Brothers are going to beat FTR uh, here. But now with that AAA thing coming up, you know that this isn't over and there's more to go. You're not so sure. Maybe they do something dusty to get that belt back going into that. So adds a little bit of intrigue. It, it kind of does, yes. Um, I, I still love the, the the pastiche of Chase by Giorgio Moroder for FDR as their theme music. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, it's starting to gain popularity, too. People are really into it. Yeah, it sounds great. It start, and it fits them better week by week. It seems like when they settle into it, you're like, yeah, this like it was a really shocking change for them because they've always used that like butt rock, say yeah, type music uh, throughout their whole careers. So it was like a big like shock to the system sort of to hear them walk out to that. But now that it's like uh, become their thing, it really works. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I actually. I wonder if Tony Khan actually maybe tried to get the rights to Chase, but maybe. But you know, also maybe not doing that and getting using the same one, and having a derivative version, maybe is even better. Yeah, maybe because it might even be better that it isn't the actual one uh, and that it's uh, it's a sound alike. And shout out Mikey Ruckus for knocking these sound alikes out of the park. I know he keeps saying it, but man, he's crushing. He uh, did one, and you know. We're going to talk about uh, uh, someone who debuts later, uh, and as much as that person sucks, the music that was made by Mikey Ruckus was pretty cool. So, yeah, um, didn't yeah, because didn't Mikey Ruckus also do like a sound alike theme for Nick Gage? Yes, he did. Yeah, for yeah, when he, when he came out in, in for his match and against Jericho, I I kind of thought, and I was talking to some friends before that, like all you really need is the bell to for the Nick Gage entrance. Like everything else is kind of just a bonus, and he got that bell in there, and that's what mattered. Yeah. Uh, Lucha Bros had another thrilling entrance to a, to a oh, yeah, they match. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. I love the uh, the sort of like uh, like shiny camo ring gear theme. 
Yeah, I wasn't as high on it as you were, but I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I do appreciate the fact that they they did you know match their gear again. Yeah, it's a fun change of pace, like some, something different. I haven't seen them do that. They've done a lot of different color schemes, so I'm glad to see them staying creative and finding ways to kind of keep that gear fresh. Yeah. Later uh, in the match, we get our first full-on raging Eddie Guerrero tributes in in this. Match. Yes. You know, when, for, yeah, for Penta the, does maybe the best three amigos ever executed of all yeah, time, and it, 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 followed by a frog splash by Ray Phoenix. Yeah, no, the, the frog splash was incredible, but Penta's not getting away with what was literally the laziest three amigos I've ever seen. <laughs> oh come on! He just like he didn't even like do the leg twist. He just like sort of rolled. <laughs> Here's the thing: Penta's so good that he's he's allowed to get away with it. Yeah, well, but I know. am going to talk about. It. I am going to talk about it. I don't know if he's ever actually seen Eddie do that move, or like if he's just like figured out, or if he just didn't feel like it. But it was yeah, pretty good. I don't know. Um, this was a and then, like because a lot of people did the three amigos, so like it, it stood out even more because people were doing them all night, so yeah. it really stood out. Uh, this he was... just like pulled on his. Hips. He like didn't even kick his legs at all. But again, he's Penta, and he can get away with this. It wasn't even the three amigos. It was like the three acquaintances. <laughs> Damn. It was uh, like the three like work that you might hang out with once or twice. Um, this was a fantastic match right up until the ending. The ending fucking sucked. I I but, hated this like, ending. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, oh, it can, no, did sort of kind of take. <laughs> Again, this feud's not over, right? So, yeah, probably not. But yeah, it was. Well, I mean, not- definitely not. They have to wrestle each other again for the AAA belt. Oh, well, that's true. But I mean, yeah, it was. I, I just. Well, I, I. I think I know what they were trying to do. Like they, they were going to have a mask so they could try to fool, you know, fool the ref and say, "Oh no, he wasn't the legal man." But it, you know, it didn't fucking matter. You know. Yeah, well, the point is, so on Wednesday, they can say, you know, we deserve our get back because they pinned the wrong guy. And that's like the whole point of that. And that's very old school. I think maybe just the Super Ranos are cursed. Like every time the frog mask comes on, the quality of just dips. Like just that those frog masks are evil. They should be burned and cast into the sea. Yeah, like we should never put the frog suit on. Like we we were so down on this feud because of that, and then they finally got us back up to it, and then they brought it crashing back down with those damn masks again. It's the, it, dude, I'm telling you, it's Superanos, man. There's a curse of the Superanos. Uh, anyway, Lucha Brothers retain. Um, I thought again, this was this was may have been my match of the night had that ending not happened. You know, yeah, it was. I mean, it was really really good to that point. It, it, it was, it, it was, but no. And then, you know, it, 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 the stupid ending just kind of took me out of it at the end. Our third match of the evening, Brian Danielson versus uh, God's forsaken champion Miro in the finals for the AEW world uh, title eliminator tournament. Um, boy, Brian Danielson has a shiner. <laughs> Where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, it's like he was just getting over it. I think it might, he might have acquired that one. I don't know if he got it. Wrestling or training MMA with Joe Lozan, which he had been posting about recently. Yeah, he he got he he got something there. Brian is he's so funny, man. Uh, I would recommend everybody check out his interview he did with Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour. 
uh, earlier this week. Uh, that was very good. I think we, did we talk about that on Wednesday? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that was, oh God. So I, my first note on the match itself is there is a guy who keeps getting caught by the mic. We heard. Yeah. Yeah. It finally hit me during this match. It's like, man, who the fuck is getting caught on here? (laughs) You know, there's like a guy in the corner. You can hear him like American dragon. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, quick update on that lion Steelers game. There's 35 seconds to go and it's tied at 16. The lions have the ball trying to get in the field goal range. Oh shit. Well, enjoy the free win here, brother. (laughs) Well, I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd I'd like to give it back to you, please. uh, Boy, what was, what did you think of this? Oh man. Another Brian Danielson banger, Uh another different style of Brian Danielson banger. And I really love the MMA focus of it because he had been talking about like his MMA training and backgrounds lately. And like, Brian channeling that to have to beat a guy like Miro makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, uh, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I thought this was great. I I, I thought, you know, I, I had in the back of my mind that this could be like the most, uh, you know, WWE-esque match of the, uh, of the night. Because, well, it, uh, but because one, of the one of the best parts is that so much wasn't. Uh, and exactly. like, so like... It was great to like, yeah, I, my brain went there a couple of times as well. And I, I thought to myself like a lot like, man, like Miro and Brian Danielson is just such a better match than Rusev and Daniel Bryan. And there's no possible way that Rusev and Daniel Bryan could give you the match that Miro and Brian Danielson could. And just like, you know, it got me thinking about the WWE cast off, you know, theory and all that bullshit. And like how it just doesn't like it doesn't make sense to me. And I've talked about that a lot, but like the the parallel I drew like during this match when I was thinking about it is like like if you have like actors or actresses you like and they're on a TV show that like sucks and then they go and are on a different TV show that's good like how is that any different right Yeah I mean no I I see what you're saying and it, it makes sense I know I should more eloquently like uh, uh, word that and explain that. The problem is it's a Sunday afternoon. My girlfriend's out of town, and I've just been getting obscenely high. <laughs> well, like, you know, really, like like smoking joints in the house and stuff, like stuff my girlfriend would, like wouldn't want me to do, probably. Yeah, and you just committed that to tape. I hope she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, she's really busy. I don't think she's going to listen, so that's fine. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be sure to, to let her know that uh, she might want to peek in about, you know, oh, roughly around the 30th not- minute or so. <laughs> Dude, I can't do a podcast with cop callers. How dare you? Oh, I wouldn't do that. Never. In a Is an MDK podcast, Jeff? No snitching? Oh, okay. <laughs> don't make me get the pizza cutter. Oh. The Detroit-style pizza cutter. It's thicker. <laughs> Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. To cut the pizza. I mean, oh, I will say like Louis Pizza, Louis Pizza in Detroit, which is the best Detroit style pizza, uh, best pizza in Detroit. They don't use the uh, the wheeled pizza cutter. They use like the big rocker knife. Oh yeah, I mean, I use that when I when I worked at a place that made Chicago style pizzas. We use that too. Right, that makes sense for Chicago pizza because you can't get the rolly part in the big crusty like the big crust at the end. Well, actually. Only if you're doing to go, if you're keeping it in the pan, you can use the rolly because, you know, you're not right. Cause, yeah, because yeah, you can start in the middle and work your way out and not have to worry about compromising the integrity of the crust. Exactly. That's right. 
Uh, welcome to our pizza uh, round. This is here. not the first time we have derailed the podcast to talk about pizza, specifically Detroit and Chicago. No, we have not. Uh, by the way, that game just went to overtime. <laughs> oh, oh wow. that's fun. Oh, God. Can we, have another, that's good... can we have an NFL tie between the Steelers and the Lions? Oh, God, I love that. Please. You know, if no, if they tie, I'm way more into that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I don't think yeah, – yeah, and we'll get like the usual – cadre of people saying i didn't know you could tie in the nfl and it's usually the same people who keep saying this <laughs> yeah they but yeah you think they learned the first time look more ties in football more ties are uh, more draws in mixed martial arts and more time limit draws in pro wrestling i'm serious i like a time limit draw i think time limit draws make a lot of sense uh especially if you like put 10 10 minute time limits on like t- you know small time tv matches like non-title stuff and like stuff that doesn't have time limit implications. Uh, I think you could do a 10 limit time limit match and have more time limit draws. And I think it makes the records and sort of standings and rivalries more interesting. Like the Danielson Kenny Omega draw is going to make when what they come back to so much more meaningful. No, I agree. Uh, Yeah. I I don't mind time limit draws in, in, in pro wrestling. Although, you know, not realizing that, you know, that that recent All Japan uh, Triple Crown match between uh, Jake Lee and Kento Miyahara, I didn't realize that that was going to, they were going to go do a 60 minute Broadway in that one. And I was just like, oh, love an God. unexpected Broadway. We're going to, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit here too. But no, uh, let's get back on Miro and Danielson. Good match, good finish. The, oh, that finish uh, rocked. The DDT to guillotine to Miro having to going out. Love that. I love how close Miro got there with the game over. Danielson being the first to sort of really get out. No, he wasn't the first to really get out of it, right? People have crawled out of it kind of in that similar way before, right? I think so. I seem to recall somebody has escaped that before. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember off the top who it was. I think Orange Cassidy did, but in a different way. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And, I, anyway, the point is, th- this was a good match, a really, really oh, yeah. good match. And and you know, Brian Danielson continues on this journey of showing us a little bit of a different side with every match and like everything telling a, a its own story, but they all kind of uh, weave back together and bring it back home. And when we really get the payoff for Brian Danielson, uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. And it's uh, going to be pretty soon because Brian Danielson wins this match. He's the number one contender. Uh, yeah, he is, and he will face. He he will be the number one contender against either Kenny Omega or Adam Page. Our fourth match of the evening: uh, False Count Anywhere match. Uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage versus the Super Click, Adam Cole, and Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson. Jesus Christ! The the, the now that's some full of gear, brother. Holy shit! I mean, look, the show is called Full Gear, and there was a lot of full gear. So I, I respect, you know, sticking to the theme. The fucking Young Bucks, that was like that highlighter ass pink was like washing out TVs. It was so bad. Like oh it was God. really not good for television. And, and, and it was in their <laughs> beards, too. Yeah, that's like one thing. But like the, the specific shade was like not good for TV cameras. And it's something you should think about when you do TV. <laughs> it's looked mm. ridiculous. Know, and, you know, I've uh, my feelings on Adam Cole are, are documented out here. I don't think he's anywhere near a person deserving to wear Bret Hart color. So really pissed me off in a way that I respected. Well, I still don't think that, you know, he should be doing a shining wizard either, but, you know, for for different reasons, because I think we yeah, we, for we disrespecting AJ Lee, the person who throws the best shining wizard in the game. 
Yeah, except for, you know, the one guy who who, who invented the move. Yeah, except for... Yeah, April Mendez, uh, CM Punk's wife, invented The Shining Wizard. I know. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so you say. Uh, anyway, uh, Adam Cole gets bust the fuck open in this match. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that is not, a, not, that not the rest. first not the first person. Well, you know, he was the first person, not the only one that this will be. No, um, we got some blood on this show. Yes, we did. We got some blood, but no, all the all the blood worked. And uh, yeah, this match was this was a this was another PWG match, right? I third our friend of the show, Chris Damasano, call it guerrilla warfare. Oh, yes, he did. He, yes, he and did. Uh, the group chat even. <laughs> Definitely shades of guerrilla warfare on this one. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have to appreciate the fact that Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus all wore, you know, proper street fight gear. Which yes, but this we got to see a dinosaur in jeans, Jeff. We we did, but Jurassic jeans. But we're gonna have to come back to this point later because, uh, should they maybe have consulted one another on what they were gonna do with matches like this? (laughs) Because. What do you mean? Well, we'll save that for for a, a later point here. Let's just okay. say we're we're gonna be circling back the, to to the, the the stipulation of this match, but um, with falls counting anywhere? Yeah, and, and you know because falls it. really were counting anywhere. Like there were falls all over counting. Well, that's true. They were counting them. They they were. There were falls them. and they were counting them. But uh, and in fact, it was the, the the winning fall. In fact, was counted on, you know, on, on the ramp. Okay, is the ramp anywhere? Yes. Okay, well, that that sounds like it counts. But it says anywhere in the arena, and if they went outside, would that have counted? Probably not. I, the, in Falls Count Anywhere matches, that yes, the precedent has been established that if you leave the arena, it also counts. Um, it, it's not a Falls Count Anywhere in the arena. It's Falls Count Anywhere. Hmm. That fall could count um, in space, if you could get to space, probably. If you maybe got on one of those like uh, Richard Branson like billionaire uh, rocket ship thingies that like go to the edge of space, that fall would count. <laughs> yeah, but could they make the spacesuits in, in that color pink? Yes, but they shouldn't. <laughs> Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean you should, and that's you know that's a, that's a lot of pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and there were. And, and to be fair, my, my last note on this match is lots of ill-advised spots. Ha ha. Yeah, because yeah, there were some ill-advised spots in this match. Um, the one thing I'm going to say about the this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I will. Yeah, say this. Christian Cage really adapting to this. I mean, he's had his fair share of like street fights and stuff, and you know, on big time wrestling. But to like get to and like we said, this was a very like PWG with guys who you know re- very much wrestle that PWG style, and uh, Christian fit right in. Uh, the one thing I think would have been better is if Jungle Boy had actually been able to pin Adam Cole rather than uh, Matt Jackson. Yeah, but protecting that for now makes sense because I'm guessing we're gonna see you know more single stuff between them. Yeah, uh, yeah, there, there may be some things coming up. So it kind of makes sense. To- it, it does. Uh, so the baby faces get the win. We were wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was by our our first miss of the night. Yes. Uh, uh, yes but was. the I, and shout out to a couple specific spots. The table stuff was all really good. That step up Rana from Jungle Boy uh, through the table. Oh my goodness! Yes. Stuff. 
just beautiful. Yes. Uh, definitely uh, the art of violence, uh, this match. So I had a lot of fun watching that. Yeah, that this was a good match. This 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 was a fun match, but maybe undercut a different match later in the night. But we will talk about that here coming up. Uh, our fifth match of the evening: uh, Cody Rhodes and Billy Big Fish Bollocks, the Bastard Pack, versus. I, I love the fact that our collective nicknames for Pack are longer than his name. Yes, William Large uh, uh, Crustacean. Huevos. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think fish are crustaceans, though. Uh, crust- fish aren't crustaceans, but crustaceans are fish. Are they? I think they're no. crustaceans. No, that's not true either. That's probably not true either, no. Or seafood, for sure. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got to just keep it at variance. So I could say, like, uh, um... Ah, uh, well, we'll come up. I'll come back to that a bit later. Uh, they're up against uh, Andrade El Idolo and Malachi Black. Uh, we did not get the full Ogun Trost entrance this time. What if they and... just did fully 10 minutes? I would really love if they did the full 10 minute Ogun Trost entrance, especially against Cody, because you know Cody would debut a 10 minute and one second version of the Cody anthem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like he would absolutely, it would be like the first debut of like downstate. Uh, featuring uh, like Snoop Dogg comes back, and then like he gets like another artist. Like, oh, he can get um, it's like I got it's got a country version from Jennifer Nettles, like to go in with the Go Big Show. <laughs> it's got like a new country verse that's on there. Oh Lord, yeah, th- th- this will be the, exactly the sort of thing Cody Rhodes would do. Uh, uh, uh okay, so this match was all right. Uh, this should have been on Rampage, not on the page. Yeah, so the thing about this, I was talking about this with some other people too during the show. Yeah, this was like a, it was a TV match. This <laughs> like, was totally really, a TV match. It's not bad. It wasn't a bad match. Like it was a good match for a television match. Like it didn't need to be here. And uh, so I, looking back and if you want to pull back the curtain a little bit, this match, it's been, it was reported that this match was originally supposed to be a four-way uh, between these competitors, but that they sort of switched that up uh, within the last couple of days. That makes sense to me because they probably want to get to that four-way, and they just weren't ready to be there yet. Uh, they probably want to have that for a different day or a different show. So they're, I guess that's this is a way of kicking that can, right? I, I would think so, but yeah, this did well, not okay. This did not need the to thing, be on the paper. It was unnecessary. But the thing I liked about it is like the, the specific narrative it did tell where they were all blind tagging each other the whole match. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I mean, I mean that really was good, but again. Gave this like, uh, it gave this thing that builds like none of these guys like or trust each other. Like all four of them, right? So it was just like nobody was getting along. I thought that was a fun kind of uh, like way to toy with, this, with the narrative, with the story of this match. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Again, it, it wasn't was, a bad match. It, it just yeah, it felt it, it just felt should, an outlier. Yeah, it just really shouldn't have been on the show on this show though. Yeah, there was probably other things we could have done here. But eh, you know, they they went out, they did it. They again expect that four-way match to happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, if that's what's going to happen, that's what it's leading to. I think a four-way between them could be a real banger. It could be, yeah. I agree. I think that one's got potential. So look out for that. I think they're, I think those four guys could really put something on. 
Uh, afterwards, uh, after uh, Pac pins Andrade, uh, FTR attacks the baby faces, and uh, and I guess this continues. Was it FTR? Or was it just Cash Wheeler? Uh, Axe coming out. I think it was just Cash and Tully. I don't know. I thought I saw both of them, but maybe I'm wrong. I just put FDR in my notes, so okay. Uh, I don't. You know I what? Now remember. you're making me wonder. <laughs> you're making me doubt uh, my uh, doubt my perceptions here. I didn't get back to. I was rewatching the show before we started the podcast, but I didn't. I hadn't got back to that match yet. Our sixth match of the evening for the AEW Women's World Championship: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, DMD. You didn't even try that time. You did not even. Yeah, try. I did. Yes, I did. Paul, I always fa- try. How dare you? How dare you? This is a maximum me. effort. Po- I have literally never given less than 115% on this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes I even give 120. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> uh, versus I know t- a lot about percentages, all right? I'm a big Scott Steiner fan. <laughs> yes, of, of course you are. Uh, oh, God. Well, the, the Lions are firmly in Pittsburgh territory in, in OT here, so I hope you're happy. Well, you know, Jeff, normally going into overtime, you have a 50-50 chance of winning. <laughs> um, uh, he, she takes on Ty Conti, and uh, boy, uh, Ty's outfit and, and that makeup job. Uh, yeah, she looked awesome uh a lot of shades reminded me of chris cyborg uh like way in day uh she's had some shades of that like oh, the sure. the brazilian uh themes. yeah looked really great though uh probably the best makeup and gear of the night uh to that point with mjf close behind um dr Britt, of course is uh is seen out by the guitarist from fozzy who i, I had to ask yeah. him, who the hell is this oh <laughs> bon john joni yeah you know uh yeah still not Still does not overtake uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi as far as being played out by a live guitarist. Well, yeah, and that's he's the fucking ace, right? Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it was it was it was very funny. I had a, I had a good laugh about it at least. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the match itself? I think Ty Conti uh, was welcomed to a larger fan base with this one. And that's what kind of like, you know, this match had a, had a purpose, right? Uh, get Britt Baker a win on a pay-per-view, get, put a notch in her belt, but let's really take efforts uh, to elevate Ty Conti to make Ty Conti look good. And Ty Conti looked fucking good. Um, I, uh, I, I was, a, I, I was scandalized to realize that this was in fact, her first ever pay-per-view match in AEW. Yeah, that is wild to think about, but, but I think it also speaks to, I I'm they've shown restraint with Ty Conti in the right places as well. Like it's not all a negative thing. You know, you can, you know, bring people along too quickly her improvement and, and how much better she's gotten so quickly i could i think tempts you to strap the rocket to her back but you know you have a really reliable champion right now in Britt baker and a lot of potential opponents for someone like ty so uh I, and i think that's not all, not necessarily all a bad thing either now i'm gonna highly praise ty conti because she did not one but two tributes to minora suzuki in this match because yeah, she was had big Suzuki on the brain uh, for this one, and awesome, great, love it. Yeah, she she tried to do the the uh, the uh, the the Jujigatame over the ropes, you know, hanging upside down, but uh, Brett was able to block it, 
which I thought it's like, God damn it. You should have let her do it just this one time. <laughs> and then, um, but you know what? That's it's one of those things where, Hey, you think to yourself, had she gotten that, maybe she's there and maybe that's something that helps her get there in the future. Right. But also, uh, later, of course she does a gosh style pile driver. Hell I thought, yeah. oh, shit, that should have been the finish, but it yeah, was That was so awesome. That was great. Her pump kicks are fucking beautiful. They're some of the best in all of wrestling. Yeah, you, you could tell that she, she means it when she says she's watching Shibata tape, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, she, yeah. I mean, she's a student of wrestling in a way that, you know, you can really see in her work. I mean, you, 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 you see it in her and, and she. Her oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions just missed a field goal with four minutes to go in overtime. It's still 16 16. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> are we going to get this? Is, are, wow. Welcome to a NFL, very, very. We are going to have an The NFL Detroit Lions tonight. have dragged you Steelers down into the depths of a very purely Lions football game. Oh, this is some Detroit Lions ass football going on right now. Welcome. Oh, Welcome to the party. Goodness. It's rainy, and he just shanks this thing. <laughs> Well, you know, Heinz Field is a ah. difficult place to kick field goals, so. Oh, yeah, yeah and that, in that the open, rain. Especially. That open end, yeah, that open end is, is especially difficult to kick field goals. So, um, yeah, you know, and you wouldn't think from Ty's build that she would, like, you know, take on, like, Suzuki and, 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 uh, and Shibata. But here's the like, thing. Go ahead. From Suzuki's build, you wouldn't think Suzuki would take on, you know? And Shibata, like, they, they have similar parallels that way. Right. I mean, it, it, right. They don't look like the wrestlers that they end up being either. Like it would be like, you know, I'm just wondering if, if Ty's going to amaze us further, like, and just start suddenly chopping like Kobashi, you know, probably. I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, I definitely would. I think she's probably saving that for an opponent like Nyla Rose or someone that, you know, is known for big chops to probably like hit, hit back with that. Right. Yeah, just, you know, the, just those knife hands, uh, you know, to the, to the neck, you know, <laughs> like, Oh my goodness! Uh, hey Ty, uh, if you need some hookup for like some four pillars era, you know uh, Eddie Kingston, he he can hook you up. Just saying. If you, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, overall, I thought the, the the match was decent. The crowd was not great in this match. Yeah, and this crowd was inconsistent all week. I think uh, all they would the Minneapolis crowd. No, I mean in, on the other shows too. I don't think it was just you know uh, contained to this evening. But yeah, not super great for this one, and that's their loss because this match rocked. It was a good. It was a very good match. I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, the crowd was was not helping matters any on this one. No. So you suck, Minneapolis. Oh, suck it. Damn. Vern, 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 Vern Gagne would not be happy. Sincerely, people from better parts of the Midwest eat shit. <laughs> I mean, shout out to profane existence and all, but, you know, uh, that's an old. Oh, you think you're, you're thinking because you have very easily imitatable accents that you're you can just uh, you can just be better than us, don't you know? Fuck off. Go back to Bobby's world. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what well, what one of the one of the best uh, anarchist punk rock zines came from that area, you know, profane existence. But you know, uh, but you know, yeah. Sometimes the crowd was not great. Dr. It, is a, it is a pretty profane existence to live in Minneapolis. Oh Ooh. shit! Got him again. Uh, Britt Baker does retain, and uh, yeah, and this goes on. I don't know if uh, this takes 
Ty out of the spotlight for now because, I mean, we still I have... think it takes her out of the number one contender spot for now and have to let her build just a little bit back up. And that's fine. That's a good spot for her to be. I expect her to be a challenger for the first TBS champion in short order. Yeah, I mean, we, we hope so. I just kind of wonder if we miss an opportunity there to have her in it rather than like Anna J. But then Anna J just challenged for the title too. Yeah. So. I don't, I think it's fine. I thought she, again, the, the purpose of this match was to elevate her. And I think mission accomplished, right? Like I think she came out of it looking better and she, she came out of it, uh, a bigger star than she was before. I think she came out of it a better wrestler than she was before. Right. She said, it's going to be a positive experience all the way around there. Uh, so I think that's all good usage. Yep. I think you're, yeah, you may be right there. So, uh, our seventh match of the evening, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. And oh God, the way this, this started with just, a oh yeah, up, our straight up hurricane right from jump. I was like, holy it shit. Was, oh, it's perfect. It was perfect. I burst out laughing. I was howling. <laughs> oh my God. I, all, all of my notes are like, in, <laughs> hell yeah. All, all my notes for this match are in all caps, by the way. <laughs> just, this, you know. this match is in all caps, Jeff. This oh. match was in all caps. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, this was a cap lock ass match. Yeah, P- Punk had the crimson mask of the night because I mean he outdid Adam Coles. Because holy shit. Yeah, the blood you know it was funny because I was like, oh, white trunks for CM Punk this time. Interesting. This is the first time he's done white trunks in AEW, and now you see why. Hmm. Savvy. Savvy move. Always wear white when you're gonna bleed. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like a a trope, you might say. But it's like sometimes tropes work. And like this was, again, the the theme of this show. Like, let's do all uh, the tropes, but let's do them well. Let's do them right. On that note, did you watch any of the GCW shows this weekend? Because I have not yet. And I need to. No, I haven't. I I need to at least watch Fridays because of uh, professional research. But, um, okay, so Mm -hmm. you haven't, so you didn't see the NGI either? No, I haven't. I'd like to watch one. I mean, I've been to uh, I've been to an NGI at that uh, uh, summit venue, and I've also was just at GCW's first Detroit show at, at, at the Knights of Columbus. They were both great venues, and they're both really great places to put on a show. So I will like to see them. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get around to them. I, I bought them, but I just haven't you know I haven't had the the bandwidth to watch them this weekend yet. Alex Cologne is just going to win everything that they do forever, isn't he? Uh, he's just the guy, man. Wait, did he win? He doesn't the, stop oh, winning. Did you just blow the NGI for me? I didn't blow the. I just said Alex Cologne wins a lot. Is he, all is well, what I, I mean, said. Because he he has won the last three tournaments of survival too. So yeah, he's. Uh, he's I mean, for, for good reason, man. Alex Cologne is a guy who's going to carry the deathmatch torch. Like he'll be, he'll have that mantle when Nick Gage is gone, right? Like he'll be the guy, the absolute like father of deathmatch wrestling. Oh yeah, I mean they, they, they're they are clearly the foundation. For they're thinking long term, and that's like one of the things GCW does, like better than a lot of other independent. They have a lot of vision. They do like take the long view more than a lot of other independent wrestling promotions. Yeah, they. Yeah, he definitely is going to be their guy once Gage is is out. Once once yeah. Gage is done, and I think again, you know, once you know Ricky Shane Page is out of the picture too. I think I've, I've talked about this on this program. Who my pick is to be their top heel in that company. Well, I mean, remember, Ricky Shane Page has already said he's done doing death matches, so they've already sort of are have done this torch passing. And yeah, it's Atticus Coger. Yeah, it's definitely Atticus Coger. Yeah, he's crushing. Oh yeah, I mean, no, he's fantastic. I think, yeah, GCW has two of the best heels in wrestling right now, with Atticus Coger oh, yeah. and Matt Cardona. Yeah, Cardona's crushing too. Amazing. Yeah, just and amazing I, stuff. And I, and I love the fact that Cardona has actually now taken 
this shtick on the road to beyond now. Yeah, and it worked over there too. Yeah, well, you so, know, they have a lot of fan crossover, right? Like GCW fans are beyond fans and vice versa. So yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, like I said, I had to do this for you know professional reasons, but uh, yeah, very I, professional. If you know what, and you know what I'm talking about. We we all know what you're talking about. As far as professional reasons, you're respectful. Respectfully, professional. Uh, I love the fact that um, Excalibur. I, I love the fact that Excalibur made a reference to Don Fry versus Yoshihiro Takayama in this match. I was, I lost my mind. Big respect he, for that, and that, you know, I mean, uh, I'm a well documented Don Fry fan. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, how can you not? I mean, he fought Godzilla. Yeah, he is just <laughs> him and Masakatsu uh, Funaki fought Godzilla. Once. He is I mean, just a on. perfect distillation of all the. St- Stupidest parts of combat sports, just all in one big beefy package. Bless his heart. Did you see that movie? Which movie? Godzilla Final Wars. I have not seen Godzilla Final oh Wars. Oh my god, you need to. Okay. You absolutely need to. If for no other reason than for Don Fry, but also you have you know are the 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 they brought back the Exilians from you know back in you know the 1960s and they look like you know they should be opening uh, you know third bill for like Lincoln Park and and Chevelle. Haha, uh-huh. I'm hey, I'm into that. I'll, if if Lincoln Park's headlining, that's a concert I'm attending. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I, uh, dude, I saw Lincoln Park a bunch of times when I was a teenager. They were like one of my like middle school. They were probably if you talked to me when I was like eleven or twelve, and you said who's your favorite band, I probably would have told you Lincoln Park. Uh, yeah, but anyway, that's, yeah, what, that's what child me would have told you. So Godzilla: Final Wars was like the last Toho movie before, and then they they there were no Godzilla movies for ten years, and then the American one with uh, you know the kid who was kick ass and Brian Cranston came out. It, it, yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because I, I recently tried to rewatch that movie and did not make it through because it isn't good. Uh, I, I thought it was OK. I, OK, so here we're going to sidestep here for for Godzilla talk. Um, OK, let's so, do it. OK, so I thought that that movie was I saw that in the theaters. I thought it was OK, but I also knew that it was completely ripping off the 1990s Gamera movies. Right. And it the, my, my biggest problem, I mean. It takes a noticeable quality dip when uh, Cranston's character dies. Like when Brian Cranston's out of the picture, it's just a worse movie all overall. Like he's carrying it oh, so yeah. much. Oh yeah, but I mean, it, it, it was still okay. I thought it was okay, but yeah, it's. I guess it was. I was okay. But uh, so, King okay. of the Monsters is, or, or no, King of the Monsters is all right, right? Is that no. is that the bad one? I can't remember that one. So oh, that okay. one's not good. So here's what took me out of the whole thing with King of the Monsters and you know the new one Godzilla versus Kong is that in between the first one and King of the Monsters they made Shin Godzilla, and Shin Godzilla right. is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, I actually didn't see Shin Godzilla. You, you need to. You absolutely okay. need to see Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong sucks, but it sucks in like a fun, interesting way. At least, like it's not well, a good movie, right? Well, Godzilla, but it's laughably bad. So, right, but Godzilla it has Final that War, going. Right, but Godzilla Final Wars is the same thing. It's just a, a turn your brain off, you know, uh, you know, clusterfuck of a of a. Movie. I'm all for Godzilla, that. Kind of shit. Yeah, Godzilla versus every fucking monster imaginable. You know, it's just it, it's time a, me it, up. Oh yeah! It, it, oh, it's and and you know, with added, you know, Masakatsu Funaki and Don Fry, you know, <laughs> perfect. Like like Kong Skull Island is like that. Kong Skull Island rocks. That's a fun ass action movie. Yeah, but I mean, no, Shin Godzilla is an absolute masterpiece of a movie, and you need it. It really, truly updates 
the the first Godzilla okay. movie, like you know, in the way that I actually how- have a little more reverence for 1998 Godzilla than a lot of people, and I know it isn't good, right, you but hell. <laughs> look, it isn't good, but just like it again. It's bad in such an interesting '90s way, and it's so of its time. Like it's a it's a relic, and it's like a fun one to like mine up and go, "Oh God, like what was everybody thinking?" <laughs> um, but it remains interesting in that way, you know. So, okay, so Shin Godzilla, real quick, it it, it updates the original Godzilla in, in such the the best way in that how like. You know how the original Godzilla, you know, the original Gojira, was about Hiroshima, um, right? And it, you know the whole narrative and theme of Godzilla in general is yeah, uh, really a product of uh, of okay. the nuclear era. Okay, so Shin Godzilla is about Fukushima. Okay. Okay. If you know what that, if you know what I'm referring to, yeah, yeah. So you know, environmental disasters being the catalyst that sort of, yeah, I. I I think that all makes sense. And like, I, and I will say like credit to, you know, these newer disaster movies and monster movies, you know, making climate a through line narrative that will be a product, you know, and that will be in history and that will be kind of permanent record. And like, when we look back, if we can look back, you know, on culture of the time and it will be very shown that, uh, you know, that pop culture went with, you know, the, the mass kind of concerns of the times. So, um, anyway, by the way, this is not the last nerdy kind of su- uh, uh, side note we're going to make on this. <laughs> oh, fuck no. Uh, anyway, CM Punk does get the win with uh, sever- having to do several go-to-sleeps on on Eddie Kingston. You know Kenta was just fuming watching this match in Orlando. I'll tell you where. I'll tell you what the kiss of death was for Eddie Kingston, what really did him in. Um, he did the go-to-sleep uh, you know, move like the little go to sleep sort of hand signal thing that right. CM Punk does. And then he did like a little like jack off motion towards the crowd. Mm-hmm. And this was a critical error, Jeff, because you're supposed to jack off before you go to sleep. Oh, see, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta well, Paul just that. went there. But by the way, uh, if we can get back to the, the football game for a minute, uh, the Steelers have the ball. There's 58 seconds left. It's third and four on the Pittsburgh 27. This is going to be a tie. Oh my! Yeah, God. I wasn't going to say anything until the score went official because it does appear that it's not going to end in a definitive result, um, which is very, very, very funny. <laughs> Come on, uh, you know, wait a minute. Uh, okay, all right. Um, so CM Punk does get the win. CM Punk does try to show respect to Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston's having none of it. Uh, I know we didn't we sidetracked a lot for like the for the substance of this match, but it was a brilliant match. Oh, it was I mean, it was just they just kicked each other's asses, and it was awesome. It was and a fist fight, but it felt every bit of the fist fight it needed to be. Um, it, it it was built upon this very real animosity, and they very much like Cody and Dustin did at Double or Nothing in 2019. And I'd say this match most mirrored that match uh in AEW's history and probably the closest they've come to a match that good is this match this is a pretty amazing match and even if it, it's not and I still don't know if it's my match of the year it's so wild like but it was so perfect for what it was definitely my match and of the night this is my favorite match of the night bar none it was your favorite match it was a lot of people's favorite match of the night it was I, I you're not wrong for thinking that it was a brilliant match uh Eddie Kingston is an incredible wrestler. Uh, I think this speaks to something. Brian Danielson in the scrum afterwards uh, told the media that 
he does not view himself as as naturally talented as Eddie Kingston. Wow. That Brian Anderson said that. He's like, you know, what really gets me about guys like like Eddie, like he's like, I'm not as naturally talented as Eddie. He's just straight up said it. I mean, you know. That says, that says something. Yeah, you know, wrestlers are their own worst critics, you know. But like coming from like probably the active working best professional wrestler in the world right now, that's that really, that really means something. That is a... Uh, a big statement as to the quality and and how you know the best in the business view Eddie Kingston's work. Yeah. So and, 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 you know especially in light of the article that he posted to the Players Tribune this week too. Um, yeah. This is. I mean, I'm really glad that Eddie has had this this uh, this forum for the last you know year or year and change mm-hmm. know, to, to to do the work uh, in AEW. So. I mean, it's it's really paying off for him. And when Eddie gets his big moment and when Eddie does get that big signature win, uh, be it over CM Punk, be it for a championship, be it over CM Punk for a championship, which is what I would do. I would say the next time that they meet is for a title that CM Punk is holding and Eddie Kingston wins it from him. That's how you finish this. Uh, But I think that day is coming. I don't I don't think that we're going to be denied that. Well, the Steelers are just inching into field goal range. It looks like they're going to try to kick a game winner. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I would do, honestly. I mean, but, you know. Okay, eighth match of the evening. The entire damn inner circle versus the men of the year and American top team. Uh, Yes, Dan Lane, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. Indeed. Um, Now, okay, so... This is where I think they maybe should have talked to each other. Like I, I think they they missed something here because we've had we had two similar type matches in the night. Sort of, but not really. Uh, one was a false count anywhere. One's a street fight. Those are, I mean, they're different matches. The the street fight, you know, the is supposed to be focused on the weapons themselves, kind of being your your thing, and then the false count anywhere is the environment. Like you know, it's it's a little bit different and. To their credit, they the structures of these matches were very different. Like they, this match was very ring heavy for like the first, I, even half of it, probably. Before it we got I, into yeah, like I, the outside I, of the ring stuff, yeah, I and then, then like yeah, we got we went through weapon by weapon. There was that big garbage can focus, which I think was like you know uh, I thought was really well done. Like that whole sequence with the garbage can getting uh, bounced around. Yeah, that that was that was something. And also, uh, they you know before the match started, they showed. Baron Von Rasky, who I didn't even know, realize was still alive. Uh, he is, and uh, the Pittsburgh Lions game is dead. It has ended in a 16-16 tie. Oh, my ha, fucking ha, God. Ha. Woo! That's crazy. Detroit Lions football, baby. Welcome. I'm so glad to have dragged you down to this hell. Welcome to the pit. I hate you. Welcome to the pit that is Lions football. This is what it's like being a Lions fan. This is it. Welcome. This is all you get. I don't mind ties so much. I mean, it does fuck with the standings a little bit, but, you know, I don't don't mind ties so much. But this is what the fuck you get. (laughs) Fantastic. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, man. Recording on Sundays is fun. Uh, Yeah, isn't it, though? I love these special shows too because they because you know, we're gonna go on you know on some more tangents. Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely we're like going to keep a... boom goes down like like short. No, it's because of the time at night. It is also because like I think that podcast works when we 
keep it shorter. Like I like when our episodes are around 50 to 55 minutes. I think that's oh, yeah. when we do some of our best stuff on that, on that particular, like down on the Wednesday night shows. But yeah, I think expanding and going extra for these pay-per-views. Yeah. That's always a good time for me. Uh, shout out to, you know, our, uh, our colleagues and uh, for me, role models, days of thunder uh, uh, for, for inspiring me that way. So, uh, okay. So we have Baron Von Raschke in the crowd. We have the Minneapolis street fight. I, I was wondering, like, the, the first half of this match where um, – the first half of this match is like, are they confused about what a street fight's supposed to be because – well, I think, again, that was pretty intentional because I think they wanted to, like, hold it back until we got to the weapons. Like, they wanted to show, you know, the legit martial arts skills of some of these guys. Um, unfortunately, they had to have Jake Hager share the ring with people, but he could never share a real fighting cage with. Uh, he could absolutely not hold the jock straps of either of these men uh, oh, in no. a legit MMA. Oh, fight. no. Just there's these are two Hall of Famers against a guy who has exclusively beaten tin cans. Uh, I've said it before. His MMA record is faker than his wrestling record. Uh, absolute scrub. Uh, in the cage but you know alas he did get uh he did take some some pretty hard bumps from uh jds and andre so i guess credit to him for that um yeah so uh so you you caused something in me with your tweeting last night uh when you um when they one of the one of the weapons being used was a toaster yes and then you, you you set us on a, a a path here regarding Battlestar Galactica, the at least the 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 two thousand five version of Battlestar Galactica. Although I had to throw, yes, Lucifer, the two thousand five Battlestar remake. Although I did have to throw the 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 uh, the classic series well, I mean, Lucifer it, at you at one point. <laughs> yeah, I mean. In canon, you know, classic Battlestar and O5 Battlestar are in the same universe, you know, from what was it? Battlestar Galactica. Uh, what was the name of the movie? One of their made for TV movies uh, had the cast of the O5 like hanging out with uh, like old school Cylons from the original series. No, no, no. OK, no. So those, those were actually the original Cylons because it, it was in a right. museum. It was in a museum. No, there's like one where they're like there's like lost or like stranded old Cylons like came out from deep space and they like do a thing with them. There's a movie about it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. It's one of the movies like during the 05 run. Uh, but it's like the the cat. Yeah, I when I, I did remember, my best, I, I just remember seeing the the old school Cylon in uh in the museum. You know, during the the pilot miniseries for the reboot. Right, right. No, there's a whole movie that's like the plot of the movie is like dedicated to like it's like a quest with the old school Cylons, right? Oh my god. Uh, but okay, so here's the funny thing uh, is that you you drive us into a battle. Okay, I got it. Battlestar Galactica Razor. Okay, I got it. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica Razor. It's from 2007. Uh, it is. Uh, um, let me get you a plot. Some Let me get you a synopsis. To our Battlestar Galactica special, it tells the story of the Battlestar Pegasus. Oh no, that's the oh no, that's the Pegasus movie. Sorry, I'm wrong. Yeah. Again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, the it, yeah, Razor. Oh yeah, it was the web series. Because there were there were it was web a web. Yeah, it was, there were webisodes first, and then they made them into a. Oh. And then they combined them. There's so much lore, folks. Here's the the real point of this: watch Battlestar Galactica. It was okay. it was a fun series. Okay, so I actually have on my hard drive. I have the 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 original writer's bible for the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Because I was oh nice, like, 
Uh, so I was looking through it, and one of my favorite things in that whole thing is Ronald Moore writing, the, the Cylons are not the Borg, and I just have to laugh because, no, they absolutely were the Borg, because I am still convinced to this day that a lot of the background for what became Battlestar, his reboot of Battlestar Galactica was based on rejected stories from uh, when he, something he wanted to do with the Borg when he was working on Star Trek. Ah, and it got rejected. Kind of, I was going to say, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica Writer's Guide, you mean the Book of Mormon? No, no, no. I mean the Writer's Bible that Ronald Moore created. I know what you're... I, I know, oh, I, that's you're also it. the Book of Mormon? <laughs> yeah, also the Book of... No, that was Glenn Larson who did that shit. <laughs> you know, the original, original creator back in 1978. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the through line of it and like Battlestar, the, the, the remake is Mormon as hell. Like it's still very Mormon. No, I don't think it was actually because it's they, explicitly they, they, Mormon. Well, no, all the planets no, no. are like the Mormon names. Like it's Mormon as hell. Oh, the, no, the planets are the 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 planets were the astrological signs. Yeah, it's all Mormon shit though. It all goes back to Mormonism. Okay, They're all Mormon. The, the classic series was very much in the Mormon, and then it's why astrology's had, fake. Mormons are fake. It's all fake. It, it, wow, it, it had all the all, it had all the Egyptian stuff. Uh, the the reboot did a lot of. They made it more Greco Roman. Right. Ancient Egypt, the only uh, the only true religion actually in touch with the spirits and the aliens and everybody else. Interdimen- true interdimensional travelers. Um, Shout out. Number one. They're the best. But yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I know the the, 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 the 12 colonies of Cobalt. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. But hey, also, but, but also um, I, I do have to appreciate in this day and age with, uh, you know, to- absolutely toxic social media is that the, the background of this version of Battlestar Galactica was a society that willingly degraded themselves technologically like they, they mm-hmm. willingly went back technologically because love to be a primitivist say again love to be a primitivist yeah well i mean i have to admire that you know <laughs> that's all i gotta say but anyway well it's uh, all because so, of that old bucket of bolts galactica yeah. it was on the fracking ship jeff <laughs> so which so uh who on the aew roster would you automatically know is a cylon cody <laughs> okay you know, what do you mean yeah you're right <laughs> cody of course it's cody <laughs> duh i mean jesus again I, and i and i know i know me some cody <laughs> you know you're some galactica too <laughs> so you got to trust me on this one um so uh, I, I look here's the thing yeah it would be that would be like the the climactic scene at the end of the season just me shedding a single tear as i blow cody out of the airlock Oh, lordy, lordy. Uh, so I'm glad that they showed Baron Von Raschke because he actually gets involved in this match. Yeah, he gave him the the old the, the old Jim Carrey claw. Baron Claw. Hell the yeah. The claw. Hell <laughs> yeah. Was, Ooh, you're scared of the claw. You're <laughs> scared of the claw. Oh, yeah. He did it in such a way of, you know, you know fuck the Von Erics. I got this shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was great. The Von Erics and suck it. Uh, I love the spots. I love a legend spot. Uh, Ethan Page and Baron Ron Rashke probably go way back, I would assume, because Ethan Page is big in like uh, Minneapolis and Minnesota I'm, Indies, I'm, right? I'm, like, oh, I'm sure they've had. Uh, I'm sure they. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, he was, I mean, he was yelling at somebody right before. Carolina. I don't know who that is. Oh, that's um, Jake Hager's wife. Or no, yeah, Jake Hager's wife. Oh, okay. Oh, the one that, co- that Dustin Rhodes kissed at Revolution 2020. 
Oh, is that what happened? I missed that. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. That match sucked. Uh, this match was all right. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it was as good as the. I, I really think that the 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 Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage uh, Falls Count Anywhere really undercut this match. Honestly, kind of. I mean, but I th- you know it, it it set out what it meant to achieve. Like it was meant to put over the inner circle and you know have this little diversion for top team. Uh, shout out to Dan Lambert, who I think everyone going in expected to do a Jim Cornette thing, and he ended up doing a Bobby Heenan thing. So oh, that yeah. was pretty uh, was a pretty fun little subversion there and also did well. Dan Lambert fucking gets it, man. He just understands wrestling. He really is a natural for it. Yeah, that was no, he he, he uh, actually I, I was really uh I was really uh he's got, a, he's got a mind for this thing, man. It's really, really interesting to me. And I, I hope he expands on it because I do think he can be good for wrestling. I yeah, think uh, I mean, he has think a good character. Adam, like him that understands, you know, the uh, the crowd work and how to really be an effective heel. I think could uh, do a lot of good. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. We it, that man. People like want to like their heels still too much, man. Like you're, it's like we like really need like like guys like him who get it to to teach the next generation of young heels. And like I think we're it's a blessing to have you know a young heel like MJF who gets it on that level. Yeah, I mean that's what we were talking about too in in in, in GCW with both Cardona and Atticus Kogar too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they 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 do everything possible to get the crowds to hate them. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and well, we're we're gonna like we're gonna talk about that uh, too. And like the the CM Punk match, I think result and match, I think is pretty. Uh, a pretty decent example of that, actually, to circle back a little bit. I think there's a lot of people that like really worked themselves into a shoot over wanting Eddie Kingston to win and like talked themselves into like a scenario where Eddie Kingston was gonna win and then got like legit mad when Eddie Kingston didn't win. When like, come on, man, he was never gonna win this fucking match. Oh, I mean, I think maybe he, he never should win that match. I, I thought maybe he should have, but I knew he wasn't going to. You know. <laughs> But yeah, like you, if, but I think a lot of people like like took that second part out of the equation and like said, oh, well, maybe Eddie will win. And then just, like really did get mad when they were like, oh, well, uh, Punk can't even put over Eddie Kingston here. Or, like and they like, actually are mad about it. And that's I think is brilliant. I think that's great. I thought they totally put over Eddie Kingston just in every facet except, you know, for actually winning. But then, you know. I agree, but some people don't look at it that deep enough. You know, I think taking that deeper look at taking that extra step that you did there uh, enhanced your experience there. But also Kingston gave himself an out with that by by making the statement of I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, and we talk about this plenty. No one takes a loss better than Eddie Kingston. No one cares if he wins or loses, really. Like all everyone wants him to win, but no one's going to be like uh, uh, diminished if he loses. Yeah, exactly. He, he's not exactly. Well, he's not going to be a single fan for losing a match. He's not exactly selfish in that regard. So no, I mean, uh, uh, I think CM Punk also not, for a guy who has a reputation of being surly and selfish, and uh, you know, uh, me first in some of his attitude, uh, has been a hell of a team player since he's come to AEW. Uh, I will say this. I, I did appreciate that Jericho actually did the reverse of the Naito spot from his Wrestle Kingdom 13 match with Tetsuya Naito when uh, Jericho tried to put Naito in the in, in, in the line tamer and Naito grabbed a kendo stick and just sort of whacking, <laughs> whacking him with it. Yeah. Well, Jericho did that on Dan Lambert. Yes, and that he gave him a good thwacking too. It was uh, very satisfying. Yeah, good conclusion it, he, to this. He didn't do it as much deal. as as Naito did because Naito just kind of laid into Jericho when he did it. Oh but, yeah, uh, I mean yeah. you know you, 
you know, Dan Lambert's, you know, not a professional wrestler. So let's, you know, you don't need to go too hard on That's the guy. So, uh, Jericho gets the win. Uh, you know, Lambert is vanquished and uh, the crowd's happy. Foiled then, again. Hopefully he comes back more sinister than ever sometime. And then one of the biggest fuck off moments of the night happens. Uh, when Tony Schiavone proudly brings out a, a, a AEW's newest signing, Jay Lethal. Boo. Fuck That's my state. Fuck this shit. And Jay Lethal, um, not a great guy. Uh, pretty well documented. I don't think we need to really uh, uh, live through it or anything but i would just go say look up the actual personal words of taylor hendrix and kelly klein uh let them speak and let them do the uh tell the story for you yeah uh and, and you know not only that and that's uh, the question and i just got to say this and you know um i've been really upset about this all day because the media scrum i thought was embarrassing uh kind of all around after the show uh, on the part of the wrestling media who asked i thought just horrible questions to just about everybody uh but to not address uh jay lethal's issues in any way shape or form at that press conference i think is the biggest indictment of the current state of wrestling media that you need uh it's shameful that they're, they're just nothing and uh i will i'll just put it out there where were i uh, uh given the privilege of a press pass i would have simply asked what was the decision making process like going into signing jay lethal and have you spoken to taylor hendrix or kelly klein that's what i would like to know tony that's what I would like to know. Yeah, you know, it's just you know, and, and but it, you know, it, it, as well as that, it's just you know, one of the the biggest rats jumping off the the, the sinking Sinclair ship. You know, well, I mean, he's like one of the biggest stars in the promotion. Of course, he's going to land somewhere the soonest. Like that makes perfect sense to me. And him being, you know, a high profile target of a high profile wrestling company is fine. I wish it would have been the other company. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's was, just I mean, it's not only that, but I mean, he's just been fucking watching. <laughs> I mean, just purely on a wrestling level, I just remember he's just he's just mediocre nowadays. I think his best work has come is playing impersonations of other people. So that that's my opinion on Jay Lethal, the wrestler. <laughs> I thought I think Black Machismo is funny, and I think the Ric Flair stuff is funny. I do. I do think that I, shit's funny. I, I thought his some of his best work was, you know, when he he was chasing Jay Briscoe for the the world title, and then when he yeah. had a, and he had to defend both titles, you know. Wow, and, uh, it's like the uh, it's like the uh, the Spider Man meme, but for shitheads. Yeah, I don't. You know what? Jay Le- and AEW does not need Jay Lethal. No, they don't, and uh, it's unfortunate that not only have they not addressed issues with people that are currently on their roster, that they mm-hmm. added another person with unaddressed issues to the roster. Uh, it's not good. I don't like it. Uh, I wish they wouldn't have done it, and uh, I don't care about Jay Lethal or his AEW success or run, uh, whatever. I, I just find it amazing that we went from you know getting – some massive signs like CM Punk and, and, and Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. And now the, they follow this up with, you know, a QAnon, you know, a, 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 a QAnon <laughs> conspiracy nut and, you know, Jay lethal. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget Santana Garrett wrestled Jade Cargill on Friday. Uh, she is a known associate of uh, Chase and Rance and team vision Dojo. Oh shit. That's right. I, you know, I completely spaced that. 
I did not. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, you will always hear me uh, crusading against the uh, the wrestling pedophile squad. Uh, yeah, fuck. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying. We we are firmly on team fuck team vision dojo. So. Sure. Yeah, stop hiring people that that go there. Maybe stop giving them money and stop giving people like Jay Lethal money. And uh, I, I just hope this doesn't work. I know we can get rid of him soon enough. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna have to deal with plenty of them. His first angle is gonna be against Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. He he might win it. He we might have to prepare for him to win that belt. Oh God, no. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I truly wouldn't be surprised if he won that belt. I don't think Sammy's going to have a very long, long run as TNT champion. I do think his uh, his lo- first uh, his loss of the title is a matter of time. This could be a CEO world where AEW thinks that's a good idea. Do I think it's a good idea? No, but uh, they've you know they've made a couple bad calls here. So yeah, they have. All right, our uh, one was not a bad call. Our our main event of the evening, uh, Kenny Omega versus Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. Uh, the intro for Adam Page was fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was real cowboy shit. I mean, we're doing our cowboy shit. That 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 was that was amazing. Um, I will, you know, it, it's been a while since I mentioned this, but. Omega's intro. I really am glad that we have come such a long way in the two years of Dynamite um, that we don't get, you know, the, the, the intro for Kenny is not him mope walking in the middle of Shinjuku anymore, you know? No, yeah, we've gotten past that. I, I do like that he's had sort of his stages of, of different Shinjuku, little, like, but, yeah. Tops of entrance. It could be Shinjuku. Maybe it was, uh, uh, maybe it was Tokyo. Maybe it was. Well, well, uh, Shinjuku's uh, in Tokyo. Is it, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what Tokyo. I don't know what uh, district it, it was. I don't I don't know cities from prefects from provinces from uh, all the districts and all the different municipalities and things that they do uh, as far as city planning there. But uh, and I, I am glad that we we've moved away from the from the uh, the mope walking uh, that that was his entrance before. Um, no, we have enough mope walking going on. Like Darby mopes, Darby does like a lot of the moping. So like you can't just have too much moping going on. <laughs> If you have too much brooding, that you're just you're you're just like the last few seasons of Game of Thrones at that point, Oof. which uh, I, I'm sure Cody would be happy with. <laughs> uh, I've said it before. Cody thinks he's Jon Snow, but he's actually Rob Stark. Yipes. Um, this was, of course, the longest match of the night, as we knew it would be. I I made a joke to my partner, and she was not amused with it. I when she asked. How much longer is is the show going to go on when you know during Punk and Kingston? And I said, um, I said, well, we still have Kenny Omega in the main event, which means that's forty seven minutes right there. <laughs> goes, well, yeah. we were uh, we were sort of close. No, this one was like thirty something, right? Did it go? It went thirty plus, didn't it? Twenty five minutes, eleven seconds. Twenty five. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, this match, again, back to the theme of execution. I think a lot of people got exactly what they expected this match to be. This match was not full of surprises. This was not full of twists and turns or unexpected things. It was everything we wanted to happen done perfectly. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, mean, this was the culmination of two years of AEW storytelling. And that's what this show was supposed to be, right? Everything, even on this show, like 
was built to this point. Like everything else were were different parts that were all just built to get here in this moment. It was a true coronation for Adam Page. And the road there was really, really satisfying. And, you know, say what you will about Kenny Omega, but I don't think anyone else could have given him this match or this moment. It had to be Kenny. No, I don't think so either. I think that, you know, I think Kenny was... Kenny was on point in this match. Don't get me wrong. I think this was... He always is in these type of matches, though. This is where Kenny really shows up for. Like, you know, even people that I think are have like some Kenny Omega exhaustion or think he's a little overexposed or think maybe his, uh, his in-ring work is overrated, which I think is ludicrous, but I know there's people that do think that this is where he shows up. He is a big match guy. He is a marquee player. Yeah. And, and he, and this was it. And you know what? Adam page did his part too. I mean, he, he Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, Adam page is a fucking star and like, like, the kind of star that, you know, is so interesting and perfect for this moment, right? Like he's not that traditional sort of baby face that's gonna like be your world beater, right? He's got here from not being a world beater. He got here. I don't even want to say underdog, because it's not even really he was never really was an underdog. He's always been like kind of people's favorite, you know, for the last year, year and a half. Uh, but he's a guy who faced his adversity you know, emotionally and vulnerably in a way we don't see a lot in professional wrestling. Right. And I mean, I mean, clearly at all out 2019, yeah, there was no way he was going to be crown champion at that show because of, of Chris Jericho. But I mean, in, in between then and now, yeah, he was clearly the top baby face in this company. Yeah, but and and he had to like really uh, have Rocky Roads there to get it. He earned it. Like he, it really feels earned in a way that like a top babyface hasn't felt earned in a while. I can't really think of anything like this in recent memory, besides probably like you know the Daniel Bryan Yes Movement thing, right? Right. That's uh, probably the last time, and that's a different, and that's a very different thing. It's a very different animal. Uh, because that one sort of was built by the fans out of nowhere. That one came a lot faster. This was uh, an achievement in storytelling, like where the Daniel Bryan thing was, uh, you know, done as a reaction to bad storytelling on the the part of the narrators. This was, you know, the payoff of really, really good storytelling on the part of the narrators. Yeah, and you know, and this was the right call. I mean, ultimately, this was the right. Yeah, call. absolutely. Yeah, no, there couldn't have been anything else. And, and you know, I I, I do want to think about the 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 parallels you could say between this storyline and the storyline between Kazuchika Okada and Tetsuya Naido, because yeah, oh yeah, because we we because I still remember vividly, you know, Wrestle Kingdom twelve and how we were all just stunned that Naito did not finally get his moment to, you know, he, he, we, he did not get his moment, you know, after, you know, getting back to the main event of Wrestle Kingdom after it was denied, it was denied him for Wrestle, him and Okada for Wrestle Kingdom 8. We thought, oh, this is it. Naito finally gets, you know, gets the IWGP title. Okada wins and we were just stunned. And so was the Tokyo Dome, by the way. You could hear the crowd die when Okada right. won in that match. But, I mean, the, the, you know, it all led to Russell Kingdom 14 when not only did he win the title, he he won both. He won the title as IWGP Intercontinental Champion and became like the first double crown champion. 
Mm. And then the world ended, and which obviously was out of Tetsuya Naito's hands, but you know, and maybe his his title run is not as well regarded as it should have been, perhaps. But I mean, it, it's just like you know, sometimes we are a little impatient, and even you know, Naito himself, you know, his catchphrase "tranquilo," you know, it's like yeah, right. we all need to chill, you know. <laughs> So Certainly. I, I think maybe that's the lesson here too with Adam Page. Maybe All Out wasn't the time. This definitely was the time, though. I mean, it, it, no, it, All Out definitely wasn't the time, and we've talked about this over the last couple of years a whole bunch. Every time we talk about is it Adam Page's time, like I know I've said, no, it definitely isn't. Let's keep holding this back. Like it's it's and I and I said, you know, at um, was that All Out or before All Out when he first left. And, you know, he didn't win the title like over the summer uh, that maybe we can even hold that back until 2022. And I still think that there was a way to do that. But this was the right time. I, I was wrong about holding it back that far. This was exactly the right time. Right. To do it. And, and plus, you know, also we're we were coming up on one year, like a, a full calendar year of Kenny Omega as AEW champion after Jericho yeah. had held it for, I think, six months and then Moxley held it for nine Yes, and that's I think all that is uh, acceptable. Like uh, those are all about right. Like uh, a, a one year ish title run. That's kind of what AEW's been committed to. What do you? So now we'll we'll ask that question. How long do you think Adam Page holds onto this belt? I think at least six months. I don't okay. know if he's going to have a long title reign because. So like double or nothing next year. I think maybe double or nothing, and I think maybe it'll be MJF. That would make a lot of sense to me. I'd I mean, be into the, all the that. Way that the, the way they've been trying to to long game. Um, so you are. So let me let me just say this. So you are all in on Adam Page handing Brian Danielson his first AEW loss. I, I don't see how they could get. I mean, they, they may have booked themselves into a corner with that. Well, yeah. yeah that, so this is, yeah, uh, this is where not? it's so I mean, interesting. Yeah, why not? Why can't Danielson put put Adam Page over? I mean, he can Daniel if if Adam Page can beat Kenny Omega, he can beat Brian Danielson, right? I think so. I mean, I think that's what the fans are going to think. It's I mean, I'm super interested in the match. Obviously, we we didn't get in the meat and bones too much of Omega Page, the substance of it, but it was beautiful. Uh it was very Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it, you know, yeah, it felt like everything it was. It was just that that culmination. It was sort of even uh, throughout. Yeah, I, I think that once we saw Don Callis actively fucking with, with Paige, it's like, you know, I, I think Paige is going to win here. Because they, 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 they were telegraphing that so much, you know? I don't think you could realistically expect a different result. Like, if you if you come into this thing and you talk yourself into Kenny Omega still winning, I really don't know what you were thinking. Like, this was always going to be Adam Page's night. It was just a matter of how we were going to get there. And I thought the ending, there was a little bit of controversy on the ending. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really good, especially with what we talked about earlier with Friday night. Uh, Adam Page telling the Bucks, you know, you come near me, you touch it, you lay a hand on me, I will ruin you. So they come out. They circle, uh, they kind of stalk around a little bit. You're not sure what they're going to do. Paige looks over from the apron. Uh, Matt gives him a nod, and uh, he uh, hits that buckshot lariat and wins. Oh, sorry, I got distracted. Two deer just ran by uh, outside my window. <laughs> Very nice. Aww. They're cute. cute little guys. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, deer aside, uh, Adam Page 
is your AEW champion. Yes, he is the fourth AEW champion. So a lot of people have been pointing out that the original poster for All Out 2019 had Omega, Jericho, Moxley, and Adam Page on it. And now all four of them. <laughs> Sounds about right. Hey, AEW, again, playing the long view, something that they've done well and they continue to do well. And I'm excited to see what is in store for uh, Adam Page's first AEW championship run. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I think it could be a short run because I think he'll win it back anyway. I think he'll be a multi-time champion. So I think maybe his like if he were to lose this belt to Danielson and then get it back next year, I think that's probably fine. Yeah, I don't think Danielson. I, yeah, oh, geez. Yeah, see, th this is something we could talk about at length. Yeah, as the time comes. Tony didn't announce a date for that match, so we don't know when that's happening yet. But uh, we'll, we're definitely going to be talking about that a lot in the lead up to it because I'm super interested in what happens there. I think it happens before the calendar flips. Probably. You can't hold it back for more than a month. I mean, I would really love it to happen on December 1st in Duluth, Georgia, but... We'll see. Uh, well, I mean, it's possible. I guess it is, but uh, I, I'm rather ex I'm excited to see what we're getting on that Dynamite and Rampage, uh, the one I'm attending. My first AEW show since the night before Thanksgiving 2019. Weren't you at Revolution? No, I did not go to Revolution. Oh, I thought you went. Couldn't oh. get tickets. No. Oh, and with that, we close out Full Gear 2021. Uh, overall, what did you think of the show? I thought it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'd still say All Out was their show of the year, but this is my number two. I, you know, I still think this was a good but not great show, even though apparently my perceptions were a little off because I thought that Matt, there were some matches that were going too long, but the, you know, the 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 empirical timing of it I, doesn't seem. Here's to what I would like out. you to do. I would like you to specifically rewatch Darby MJF. That's the one I think you should take another look at. Mm, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I I've think got, it was better I, than you're currently giving it credit for. Well, brother, I have like two New Japan and two GCW shows I need to. I feel you, but when you get, a, you get a second and you want to look back at anything, if there was one thing for you to go back on and re-examine your take on from anything on this card, I would say it's Darby MJF. Okay, fair. If there's one match I'm definitely re-watching from this card, it's definitely Punk and Kingston. It was a beautiful match. I don't blame you. <laughs> But uh, no, I, no, this was a very good show. It was. I don't think it's going to be a great show. Obviously, yeah, all out twenty twenty one is going to be the gold standard to to overcome because I was right. But they did produce what might be the moment of the year in in Adam Page's uh, crowning as champion. I mean, that that's true too. That is true too. But I mean, I mean, all out. We were talking about all out twenty twenty one in the same breath as like you know, you know, Heat Wave ninety eight. You know? Yeah, no, no. All Out was an, was an incredible show this year. Yeah, it was wonderful. Make no mistake about it. But this show had things on it that rivaled that. I mean, they had a like their own match that a lot of people are looking at as match of the year right now with what, Punk and Kingston. WrestleMania. So, liked. what was the WrestleMania? Was that X Seven that everybody loved? Yeah, everyone likes X Seven. X Seven was good. Yeah, I um, yeah. So that was the one that Triple H walked out to a live Motorhead performance. Right, but that isn't that also the one that also had Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Uh, no, I think Jericho and Shawn Michaels was after that. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, I think that was mid-2000s. That would have been a few years later. No, 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 no. This was in, like, the, the baseball stadium in, in Seattle. So it, maybe it was that. Because uh, that was the match that was, like, match of the year from everybody. That's, that may be, but, you know, I, I can't remember cards off the top of my head, man. Well, I you know, it's am okay. not the... I, I mean, the, the point is that All Out 
2021 was listed as like one of the no Chris Jericho wrestled Chris Jericho wrestled William Regal on that card in WrestleMania X7. Yeah, uh, Michaels was gone by this time, I believe. Hmm. There was no Shawn Michaels in WWF by then. This one had Kane and Raven versus The Big Show. Eddie Guerrero against Test. Uh, Kurt Angle over Chris Benoit. China over Ivory. Uh, Shane McMahon over his dad. Uh, this one also the uh, first TLC match, famously. Hmm. Big moment there. Uh, the gimmick battle Royal won by the iron Sheik, and, uh, undertaker over triple H stone cold over the rock. Hmm. Okay. That rock stone cold. match, the no DQ match. Also a banger. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so, I mean, it, it's good that we liked it. I mean, I guess we liked it to varying degrees, but also yeah, this, is, I, this is almost a two hour show at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was a four and a half hour pay-per-view. So there was a lot to get into. So, all right. Well, of course, we do this weekly on Boom Goes a Dynamite when we review um, that week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Usually, show? Within, Dynamite. usually within an hour of uh, of the show going off the air is when it's we the AEW it. Dynamite Instant Recap Podcast, baby, right here on the PWOM Podcast Network. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare, all C's, no K's. Uh, also, every Friday night, uh, twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. You can catch me and Nick East, uh, Wrestling Brain Rampage. We recap AEW Rampage. We uh, riff with chat. We do some news. We do all kinds of stuff over there. It's a really fun stream, a really great community in chat, so please follow twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Uh, on Wednesday nights, while you're waiting for our podcast to drop, they're live, so a lot going on there. And uh, nothing I can announce yet, but we have some stuff in the pipes now that we are past uh, full gear season and some stuff will be fleshing out for 2022 that I'm really, really, really excited about. So stay tuned for that as well. And you can find this podcast. Oh, on Twitter at BGTD podcast. Uh, you can find me at strong style story without the Ian style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel. You can also see me write regularly about new Japan pro wrestling at strong style story and occasionally at FanFight. Dot com, which uh, as soon as I watch these GCW shows, I uh, sh maybe should have a piece being produced. So uh, we'll see about that. Uh, Paul, any last words? Uh, uh, wrestling, I guess, or something. Wrestling. I don't know. I'm, dude, I'm so high. <laughs> Jeff, I'm so high. I can't believe we got through all this. <laughs> and we had an NFL tie happen on our watch. Good Lord. I'm high. There was a tie. Uh, go drink a Mai Tai. We'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>